the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. Back in the 1990s, switches and routers became super important to get our network put together, whether it was an intranet or an extranet or an interplanetary network. Uh, The ruler of the routers, the, the sultans of the switches, Cisco Systems. Joining me now to talk a little Cisco Systems and CEO John Chambers, Chris Siaccia, the tech editor from thestreet.com. How are you, Chris? Good, Rob. How are you doing today? Doing well. Um, I nostalgically think of Cisco as a growth company of the 90s, and now I kind of look at them as, well, a lot of people doing this, and not so growthy, but not so bad either. Um, What's your first thoughts on Cisco when you say that word out loud? It's definitely not a growth company anymore. It's a steady-as-she-goes kind of company. It's only growing, you know, a couple percent year over year. Um, So it's not anything if you're a growth-hungry investor you're going to want to look at. But the company does have mountains of cash. They ended last quarter with over $54 billion in cash. So if you're looking for a dividend or a buyback, Cisco might be right for your portfolio. And they're acquisitive, too, so... There's a chance that they might buy one of the companies that you own in your growth-oriented portfolio. So there's always they're always on the lookout for acquisitions. It's interesting that you say they're not growth because one of the problems that I've had with CEO John Chambers is for the last 10 years, he's kind of stuck with that we want to grow at 14% and we want to be a growth company. And the reality is it just wasn't there. Um, and I kind of felt like maybe he should have left late 90s as a rock star versus – the rock star who stayed on stage for 10 years too long and his hair started thinning. Um, do you have any negatives towards Sun Chambers, or is it just me? No, I, I've been a little negative on, on Chambers. I actually had predicted for the past couple of years um, in my annual predictions column that Chambers would step down because of problems that are going on in the emerging markets, mostly because they're just not growing there, especially in China. Um, you're right. Chambers probably stayed a little bit too long. Um, kind of like Mick Jagger, you know, people still want to go see Mick Jagger, but, you know, they really don't. Um, it's just kind of like a nostalgia thing. I mean, John Chambers is an incredibly well-respected person, nice guy. Um, but, you know, it, when, when push comes to shove, you know, Cisco just wasn't where they should be, you know, and they let a lot of competitors like Juniper, Aruba, um, even some companies like VMware, you know, kind of eat away a little bit at their lunch. And, and you know, I think that's, that's uh, an unfortunate part of Chambers' legacy. It's interesting to note that um, 
you know, things change in technology. We go from mainframes to personal computers to the cloud. How well positioned do you think Chambers is leaving Cisco as far as product that is relevant? Because let's face it, software is starting to be the, the new networking per se. I think they've made some headways there, especially in software-defined networking. Um, you know, with their Access 9000 or their Nexus 9000 product, but you know, software-defined networking is probably going to be the way that a lot of companies start to build out their their IT networks. And you know, Cisco's kind of had some struggles there. You know, we've seen some inroads from companies like Facebook, who you don't even think of when it comes to networking. You know, build these things out on commodity hardware and and they can customize them any way they want and it's open source and it's it's really cheap so Cisco's margins are you know always uh, you know at threat of being downsized but Cisco's done some good job uh, done a good job of staving off but I, I wouldn't say that they've done a great job so when is John Chambers leaving exactly was this his last quarter yeah this was his last quarter he's steps down uh, at the top spot effective July 26th and then Chuck Robbins who was the head or the senior vice president of operations at Cisco and is a sales guy um, is going to take over for him Robbins is instrumental in some acquisitions um, most notably the, the Meraki acquisition so you know it'll be interesting to see what Robbins does differently versus Chambers you know for the past 15 20 years or so what other stories are you working on in tech that you find relevant? Or is there anything else that you want to throw in about John Chambers and Cisco? He's kind of like the last of the old guard. I, I, yeah, I mean, Chambers is one of the last, of, you know, you're right, the old guard. Andy Grove at Intel, Steve Jobs at Apple. Um, you know, those are kind of the people you think of when you think of Silicon Valley, and then you throw John Chambers in, and now they're all gone, um, you know, in different roles. Um, and unfortunately, in Jobs' case, he passed away. But, yeah, I mean, it, it's interesting to see what Chambers does with the rest of his career, whether he becomes a venture capitalist or even goes into politics. I saw a post on Barron's today asking them, you know, if he said he would be interested in a cabinet position. So, I mean, I guess the world is John's oyster for right now. Anything else that you're working on in the world of technology that you find interesting and want to share with the listeners? Yeah, I just got the new Ashley Vance book on Elon Musk. Uh, Ashley is a, a writer for Bloomberg Businessweek, and I'm really interested to read what Ashley has to say about Elon. I've covered Tesla, I feel like, you know, for the better part of three-plus years now, and it's a, it, I'm really excited to see what he has to say about Tesla, SpaceX, and SolarCity. And coming off the, the heels of their battery announcement a couple weeks ago, it'll be interesting to see where Musk takes Tesla in you know, the next six to 12 months, because they're not going to be just a car company. They are an energy company. And I think, you know, there's a really good chance that the street will have some excellent energy storage coverage over the next six to 12 months. So just kind of have your listeners keep an eye out peeled for that. It's interesting that you mentioned that the street will have some excellent energy coverage, because five years ago, you and I probably weren't predicting the big changes in technology are going to be energy. We knew solar was out there. We knew it was effective. We knew it was getting more effective. But now we're talking about some states like Hawaii that will be completely um, solar or energy independent with a timetable. Countries like um, some of the you know, um, island countries are, are really ramping up to get that 
energy story out there as far as independence from oil. Uh, anything that you – did you think about that? Do you look at that and go, ah, I didn't see that coming? You're, yeah, I mean, I guess in hindsight it's probably common sense given how high oil prices were and that these countries or states like Hawaii have to import oil, and it's, it's expensive to do that. And then there are areas that are, especially in Hawaii's case, you know, they're near the equator, so they're getting direct sunlight. It's incredibly hot there. It just makes sense, you know, even if it's expensive in the short and medium term, it makes sense over the long term to, to do it because not only are you helping the planet in terms of reducing your environmental impact, but it just makes good fiscal sense. If you can spend $100 today but save $1,000 tomorrow, wouldn't you do that? I mean, maybe you have to spend $100 today, but it just makes sense if you want to save that $1,000 tomorrow, that hypothetical $1,000. So it makes sense that countries and states like Hawaii are, are doing these kinds of things because it just, it just makes good fiscal sense. Anything else that you're working on, maybe with Tesla or Apple? Uh, I know you're talking about the Tesla book, uh, but certainly Elon Musk has started hitting the headlines now. Is is he a good guy? Is he a bad guy? He's like the heat's starting to get turned on him. Yeah, he's taking a little heat for some of the comments um, that have come out of this book as it relates to um, employees, you know, taking time off for the birth of their their children. So he's kind of come out and kind of defended himself for some of that. Um, I, I suspect, you know, in the, the, the people that I've talked to, um, you know, ex-employees and current employees at Tesla um, and SpaceX, they all rave about him. They say he's incredibly demanding to work for, and he's always going to keep you on your game and raise your game. But I haven't heard a really bad thing about um, the Elon so far. So I, I think maybe he might be catching a little bit of bad rap. Um, but as it relates to Apple, too, it's interesting because Apple just settled a lawsuit with, um, you know, another battery company for uh, hiring their engineers. So it's going to be really interesting to see over the next few years the battle between Tesla and Apple as the race for EV dominance becomes uh, clear, you know, over the next five years. And we'll see what Apple does with the car. Now that we're about a month in with the Apple Watch, what, what's your feeling on what you're hearing from people? It's definitely something you should buy, uh, and it's definitely something you should try. You know, I just read Walt Mossberg's review because he didn't write a review initially like everyone else did, and he spent a month with it. He said it's a great product or a very good product that could turn into a great product, and that's kind of what I've heard from sources um, and people that I spoke to that have a watch. I still haven't bought a watch because I'm still on the fence of which watch I'm going to buy. I'm still kind of leaning towards the middle one, um, but I'm not exactly sure just yet, and I don't want to purchase one and then regret it. Um, but I, I think the watch has really helped people's lives. It, it, it's not just about health and fitness, but it's about understanding what to do with all the data and communicate. And, you know, even though there right now there might not be a quote-unquote killer app just yet for the Apple Watch, we're only a month in, and the iPhone is eight years in, and look what we've done in eight years. So Lord only knows what we have over the next eight years, you know, when we really get to see what the Apple Watch can do. Thanks very much. That's Chris Siaccio with TheStreet.com. He is the tech editor. He does a great job following the tech stories that you and I kind of care about, the headline tech stories in particular, the ones that uh, we want to keep following. So you can follow Chris Siaccio at TheStreet.com. That's the street. 
robblack.com. Follow me online at robblack.com. Follow me on Twitter, Rob Black Show. Follow me on YouTube, Rob Black Show. Star General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.